Welcome everyone to the Holstein House Podcast. I'm the West Virginia woman, Robin of RobinHolstein.com and Holstein House, where my guests get a great night's sleep at a fair rate plus breakfast. This is a podcast that looks at society and culture issues affecting families in West Virginia and the United States, from food preparation and storage, gardening, home repairs, current events, and more. We'll go around the table and back in 60 minutes or less. So let's hang out and talk a while. Good Friday morning, all y'all. How are you today? It's a gorgeous, gorgeous Friday here in my part of Kanawha County, West Virginia. I'm Robin Holstein, and this is the Holstein House broadcast. It's Friday, October the 27th, 2023, and this is episode 110 of the Holstein House broadcast, answering questions on hosting a B&B from your home, your food pantry, your food preparation and storage questions and more. Today, we're going to discuss a little bit about five more preps for winter. And uh, I also want to take a minute to thank those of you who listen on the podcasts. Now, this is broadcast uh, or distributed on podcasts all over the place. I don't even know what all <laughs> it goes to. Uh, but uh, you guys very seldom say hello, but I do see the numbers when I look at the analytics. So I just wanted to say, I, I know you're out there and I do appreciate it. And I wish you would say hello more often so that I can uh, say hello right back to you. <clears throat> We're not going to waste a whole lot of time getting into things. I'm kind of tight today. I want to make sure that I get out of here <clears throat> on time because dad has um, the cable people coming again. I'll talk about that here in a little bit, uh, about how that went or didn't go, I should say. And um, I want to make sure that I, I, I stick real close to the hour and uh, and get out of here on time. Again, apologize for this allergy stuff happening here and the um, the rattly um, <clears throat> voice and the clearing of my throat. I apologize for that. We'll start off around the house. Around the house is where we uh, talk about things just going on in general with the bed and breakfast and uh, quick camp, although quick camp is closed for the season. Uh, upcoming reservations, trials and tribulations, guests from heaven and guests from, well, not heaven. <laughs> if it relates to the bed and breakfast, we'll talk about it here right off the bat. Um, we do have the promo code that is broadcast uh Five, it's not really broadcast five. It's for our broadcast audience. Um, it's broad five, B-R-O-A-D five. And if you go to robinholstein.com and select direct book or Holstein House from, men, from the menu and direct book from there and use broad five, B-R-O-A-D and the number five, uh, when you check out, you'll get an additional 5% off your stay. Now, if you are former military, former U.S. military, and maybe Canadian military, we we don't want to be discriminatory there, uh, reach out to me using the contact page on robinholstein.com and let me know, and we'll talk about getting you a very special rate, too. I, like I said, Quick Camp is closed for the winter. Quick Camp, uh, when it pops back up, <laughs> is going to be um, a few a few spaces for uh, tent camping uh, just for quick stops as you're traveling north to south on Interstate 64 and 77 and you want to stop somewhere real quick but uh, 
you don't uh, want to pull way off and go, you know, several miles out to the for parks and forests and campgrounds, we're going to be offering that again as well in the spring. Uh, the Airbnb, um, you know, we're with Airbnb. We like Airbnb. It's fine. We just offer better arrangements for those who direct book because direct booking saves everybody some money. Um, we don't have any guests coming right away because my calendar, my schedule is just so erratic right now. And the way I had to block sometimes for dad's appointments and my appointments and things going on, it just ended up being that there was like this little tiny window here and there that was available for folks. So be sure and check the calendar to see if your dates are available. If they're not, send me a message and check with me. It could be that uh, I just needed some extra time to take care of some things around here and I might be willing to open those dates up for you if you reach out to me. I have a little news on the AirBTC and I have to thank my internet friend Ronaldo for tipping me off. He sent me a message on Telegram a few days ago with a link um, to the once bitten with B-I-T in capital for Bitcoin, a once bitten podcast. Um, and it happened that Andre Von, oops, Andre Von Heerden, <laughs> the founder of AirBTC was being interviewed. And it just was a few days ago that the interview happened. So he was talking a little bit about his history and his background and things and the upgrades that were happening with AirBTC. And um, that made me go because I do have a listing there. I started my listing in July and was accepted and uh, listed Holstein House on AirBTC. But there's I they're migrating they're upgrading and migrating and I can find the listing on there and I can go through and look at things. Um, but I can't message because I tried to message myself using a, a different email account and it did not come through as of yet. I guess it could be delayed. Who knows? It's that's <laughs> in South Africa. I mean, that's a long way in, in email land. Um, but as far as I know, that has not come back through and um, I cannot access the backside or the side for the host for that account. So if someone's trying to book the room through AirBTC, I, I don't have any way of knowing it. I'm suspecting that they can't. I'm suspicious because it just seems to be so broken at this point. But I, I, I'm hoping that's because they're doing a migration. I did reach out to Andre this morning and, and this morning, my time, but he's in Cape Town, Africa. So it would be this afternoon, his time. Um, obviously, that was just a few minutes ago, so he hasn't responded back. I'll look for that and um, hopefully keep you updated. But I really I was it was a really good interview and I listened to it on Fountain.fm. Uh, I don't know if that's the only place that once bitten. Um, loads their podcasts but it was a very good if you can't find it on fountain let me know i'll send you a link to it um the, it was it was really good it was really good and i want to listen to that podcast a little more as best i can because they do that's basically what they talk about this bitcoin in um, this particular interview with uh, Andre Van Herden was uh, was good cuz he even talked a little besides just the airbtc he did talk a little bit about uh, 
the cost of living and stuff in 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 the Cape Town area and the difference in them. Um, I think he used a steak dinner as the example, but he also used euros, which I'm not schooled in, versed in euros, so I, I couldn't make the transition in my brain. But you know, it was it was a really reasonable price, and uh, he said the cost of living down in that area is uh, is very very reasonable, and. Um, not that I'm in a hurry to run to South Africa to live, but I swear, well, I've never been there. <laughs> I don't know if it's the time uh, right now in, in, in the world uh, calendar and things going on <laughs> to uh, go to South Africa. But it's interesting. It's an interesting thought to, to go down there and just kind of look around and see what's going on and what the cost of living is and how could a person live down there and is it as miserably hot and everything as I'm, I've always thought, not that I'm led to believe because I don't know. I just always figured that down in that area was really hot, but it may not be as bad as I'm thinking. But um, so that was, I, I thank you, Ronaldo, if you, if you hear the podcast, uh, I thank you for sharing that with me. Um, that was really good. And I, and I hope to listen to, to some more of it. Be sure to say hello if you're listening. So that, and even if you listen on the replay, because uh, I like to know, I like to see people, and I like to see their names, and I like to be able to say hello to them in return. So, general projects—it's just the general stuff that's going around. The long-term projects that are going on around here. There hasn't been a lot of movement in that area, partially because of scheduling, and that has more to do with medical appointments and things for dad than it does anything else. Um, we'll be uh, doing some work over at his place pretty soon with a, a rental prop, renter, rental uh, building that he has. We're going to be working to get it cleared out and uh, so we can get it tore down. It's It has reached its maximum lifespan. Even, uh, you, even duct tape won't fix that. So so it's got to come down so we got to work on that and again that's another facility another building that I have to work to get cleared out and uh, I don't know if I'll find the time to do that but we're going to do that um so things here uh the dog house the roof is on and that project is stalled the Ramsey house the project is stalled and the basement is stalled the bunker here is stalled uh with uh, with that so my my calendar is a nightmare um uh today after i leave here i have to go over to dad's it's inr day and um, that's the test that we do we'll see if he's got any bills i got to do his deposit i've got some eggs to take downtown to um for for sale and um running and errands and things that i have to do and then get back here <laughs> it's just always crazy around here it's it's enjoyable but it's exhausting and I tell you what um yesterday just I had just hit a wall I had such a headache yesterday from all of the stress of the previous 10 days I just kind of didn't do a whole lot I, I did a little bit of cleaning I, um dusting dishes you know I fixed uh, his dinner and stuff but I just didn't do much else uh, my brain was just overwhelmed from the last few days and I, I just didn't get a whole lot done that's just how it goes some days. <laughs> There's nothing going on in the gardens outside. My poor little um, pepper plants are still hanging on There's in the um, in the little plastic greenhouse that I got it. Uh, where did I get that? Did I get that at Tractor Supply? 
I don't remember where I got it now. This is one of those little, it's not really even two foot wide. It's, it's a cute little thing. The chickens, well, my two girls are still molting and they absolutely look like something grabbed them and shook them. They're just <laughs> terrible. A molting chicken is an ugly thing. And, uh, and I'm going to write that down because, you know, one of these days I'm going to make t-shirts. Like fun, really good ones. A molting chicken is an ugly thing. <laughs> I don't know. Probably, I don't know what I would do. Maybe I don't. Uh, hi, Hunter. Good to see you this morning. Um, hope I say something today that's worth listening to. <laughs> but, uh, oops, I can close that. I, I just, I don't, uh, I don't do real well with the, with, with the uh, merchandise. I try and it's just, I'm not that artistic. So um, we'll see what happens. And I, I really need, I really need a team of minions. <laughs> and I don't mean minions as in lower than me minions. I just mean like little people who can do stuff for me. <laughs> it's crazy. But I did, ha I have increased their uh, protein with some uh, uh, fly larvae and stuff and some, uh, um, oh, it's actually for woodpeckers, but they're those little uh, feeder blocks that you can get at the, in the uh, bird feed aisle, <clears throat> like for wild birds and the chickens like, like those kind of things too. The ducks too, but the ducks can't, I have, you know, those, those uh, little baskets that you get to hang that you put those little bricks of suet and stuff in for the wild birds i have some of those hanging on um, um little hooks like garden hooks um in the in the uh in the run and i'll hang those for the chickens and of course when they peck them they swing it gives them a little bit of something to do but um i put those in there to give them a little more protein and i i've mentioned before that i will i too i put it like a I call it a scoop, but it's probably less than a cup. It might be a cup of uh, duck feed because it's higher protein. Because when the when the birds are molting, they the, the increased protein helps them get through that uh, faster. <sighs> Why are these stupid uh, notifications coming up? I block those all the time, and every time there's an update on these machines, they come back on. Both of the young uh, duck hens are laying now. Um, They've been laying for a while, and so now I am flush with duck eggs, as we talked about on Tuesday. I'll be getting Carla some of those eggs as soon as we can schedule a time to meet up. But I do have um, one of my old, uh, older, as in not age, physical age, but uh, she's been a customer of, my, of mine before, um, I did post that I had duck eggs for sale. I posted that on my Facebook account and she popped up with, I'll take them. I mean, within four minutes flat, I'll take them. And these are smaller than my pecan eggs. Now my pecan eggs are just really, really big. They don't fit in a traditional uh, egg carton. Even the large egg cartons get really tight on my pecan eggs. And the, sa the salvation for that is that the pecan eggs and duck eggs in general are tougher than chicken eggs. So they can take that little bit of extra pressure when you're trying. I've even had to sometimes <laughs> take the box shut uh, when I was delivering them so that people, because I, people are constantly giving me 
egg cartons. If you've ever raised eggs and you know, and people find out that they don't want to buy your fresh eggs, but they want to give you all their cartons. I have stacks of cartons and just a few chickens, you know. So I have um, I have an overabundance of those, but the the pecan eggs don't fit. So I did order way back several years ago a giant carton thing of a monstrously big thing of jumbo egg sized paper cartons. So I have those, the duck eggs fit well in those, or the pecan eggs fit well in those. Now these, these young girls that I have, they lay a smaller egg and their egg is about the size of a large or extra large chicken egg. Probably, I'm not good with math, probably a quarter of the size um, would it be a quarter of or three quarters? I think it would be three quarters of the size of a pecan egg because they're smaller. Anyway, you guys know how to do math, do that. Um, they can fit in the, in the large or jumbo chicken egg size cartons. So I can do that, but they are markedly smaller. Um, just because they're a different breed of duck and they um, they'll fit in those cartons very well, but uh, I'm not going to charge as much for them as I did the pecan eggs because they're not as big. So I'm charging about this. I'm charging the same as I do my chicken eggs because they're about the same size and they're really eating the same feed and it's costing the same to feed them and, and uh, get those as uh, the chickens. So Hopefully we'll be good there for a while um, and Angie will keep buying those and we'll be good and I won't be overwhelmed because right now I'm kind of overwhelmed with duck eggs. <laughs> I did use some for our, um, our church thing on Wednesday night. Now, Wednesday night we had the, um, the first in what I hope to be a long series of once a month evening workshops open to any ages with uh, in conjunction with West Virginia State University and we, it was a pumpkin carving thing and they um, John Kessel the guy that uh, is the director of the program asked you know if anybody wanted to bring recipes or dishes or something that were pumpkin themed so the pl original plan was to uh, make some pumpkin cheesecakes bars and some pumpkin bread and what ended up happening, <laughs> I had to take dad to the doctor, eye doctor on Wednesday morning. We didn't get out of there until around uh, noonish. I had to run an errand and then come back and get him some lunch. And we, he wanted to go to Bob Evans. And the Bob Evans we go to is notoriously slow to the point where you just want to throw stuff. But uh, he likes to go there. So we go there and um, I kept watching the clock. <laughs> I kept getting later and later and I'm calculating in my brain, can I get um, the the pumpkin bread made in time? And there came the point where I had to say, I can't. So I ended up buying a Bob Evans pumpkin bread. I hate to do that, but it wasn't bad. People, people who tried it said it was really good. And nobody actually said, did you make the pumpkin bread? <laughs> if they had, I'd had to admit it, but I didn't. But, um, so I did use, I used the duck eggs in that and I actually used, I needed condensed milk. No, I needed evaporated milk. 
and I, I didn't have any, but I did have evaporated goat's milk because uh, my son was dating a girl that uh, at one point she couldn't, she couldn't have uh, traditional dairy and uh, or cow dairy, but she could have goat milk. And so I had some of that and I used that. It had a little odd, not off, but odd flavor to it, but I, it was still good. It was, that was for the cheesecake, the pumpkin cheesecake. So that, that turned out okay. It was ugly and it cracked when I was trying to cut it. So I might've cooked it just a little too long because the, it shouldn't have cracked. It should, I should have been able to slice that pretty smooth, but it is what it is. It turned out pretty good. And, and uh, most people were happy with it. We had about 15 people at the event and uh, kids, uh, we had three kids under the age of, I'll say 18, because one of them was my niece and she just turned 16. So um, we had three kids and several adults and everybody had a good time. And oh, I was going to show you that. I'll show you that here in a minute. Um, this week uh, we were doing, um, I'm going to do a candle um, thing where you take and you, you, you put a, um, a design on on already made candles for the holidays and stuff that'll be our lunch and learn this wednesday coming but i'll talk more about that on tuesday so one of the things i wanted to i've debated about sharing this not because it's like controversial or anything but um it it doesn't happen often here in my section of west virginia that we see military uh, flyovers. Every now and again, we'll get some jets that, that scream by. And there used to be a guy in the area that um, this story, the, the local lure was he was in the Blue Angels. And when the Blue Angels flew over to go to events or whatever, he would always swing by, you know, just off course enough so that his parents would know he come by or something like that. If that story is correct, the guy should be about 95. <laughs> I don't think that's him anymore, but um, we did have um, helicopters, black helicopters <laughs> yesterday. And I was sitting, um, sitting at my, at my laptop upstairs and um, I kept hearing it, but I, I was listening to some other stuff and I thought, am I hearing, is that a train? Am I hearing a train? That doesn't sound like a train. You know, your brain goes through all these these scenarios what what is it i'm hearing is that a truck is that a truck and like an 18 wheeler in front of me? what is this going on here in front of me it was helicopters and i i grabbed my i'm gonna show you here um i grabbed my uh, my camera and uh, my phone and i darted out and uh this isn't it yet this is uh, what you're seeing here if if you're seeing it is the uh, Halloween the pumpkins so um ah, where'd it go darn it come back here I clicked off of it now I can't get back to it um there it is shoot let me uh, scroll up here real quick here it is So yeah, that um, 
that went by my place the other day. Yesterday, actually. I'm trying to get back to my dumb screen so I can turn that off. <laughs> it is what it is, isn't it? It is what it is. I um, It worries me when I see that. Not that we're going to get attacked here. But um, that they're going someplace and something. And then I heard this morning, they may or may not be related, but then I heard this morning that um, we were retaliating, or nationally we were retaliating against the attacks on our military over in the Middle East. And um, I was kind of wondering why we hadn't already done that. You know, why did why have we waited till till now to do that? Once it got out and people knew, I I could I could go on about that. I just I don't know. I don't know. But it's not normal for us to, in this area to see um, those kind of choppers go over that way every now and again on drill weekend because the the airport's not that far from me. And so I do see traffic going in and out of Jaeger. Oh, it's Jaeger International Airport. Ooh, la, la. <laughs> but every now and again, I do see traffic, you know, swinging around this direction. I don't pay attention to it a lot. But the low-flying stuff is a problem in that it, it forces you to think that's flying low. That's flying low. But the National Guard, when they uh, when they drill there in at uh, Jaeger, um, it usually every now and again you'll see the the bigger um, I guess they're still a C one thirties just doing doing laps because the guy's got to get some fly time in or the pilot I should say needs to get some fly time in and uh, you'll see that but it's no big deal but when you see what I just shared with you you know several choppers in a row going uh, in the general direction of um, Virginia it's uh, it's concerning. Because you start thinking about what's going on out there in the world. So, uh, it makes me stop and think. Well, I always think. I think a lot about that stuff. <clears throat> but uh, something on that, I, I wanted to share that with you. And then I wanted to share just real quick, this really disgusting story. And it's disgusting in that people are, people are people people are people. The headline reads, this is from WCHSTV.com. The headline reads, West Virginia Disaster Relief Nonprofit, Nonprofit, Scrutinized Amid Financial Turmoil Leadership Misconduct Allegations. So just a, a little over a mile from me, and uh, it's kind of like in an angle direction. It's not in a straight line is an old strip mall that has been struggling to stay relevant and stay active and, and keep stuff in it. And several years ago, uh, an organization called, um, <coughs> excuse me, West Virginia Volunteer Voluntary Organizations Active in Disaster, and they call themselves VOAD, West Virginia VOAD. Um, after a particularly nasty uh, flood event, um, located in an old department store uh, space 
in the Quincy Shopping Center, which is not far from me. It used to have a Hex. It used to have a Magic Mart. It used to have, I don't know, L.A. Joe's or something. It used to have several things. But it was it was a, um, it's the size of what a, a small Kmart used to be. That's the size of the building. And then there was a, um, a Kroger's grocery store in there before Walmart came and there were several little little plate little things local businesses in their jewelry shop and different stuff and there's still a pizza place and a Mexican place and the sheriff and the state police detachments are there I mean there's still stuff there but it's not a thriving active shopping center anymore so this organization set up up around 2016 and um uh it says the story says in 2018 the group became the state's primary house and bridge builder for the rise west virginia flood recovery program and rise west virginia got in a lot of trouble because they got millions of dollars from the federal government to replace houses basically with trailers mobile homes and in five years they'd only replaced two i mean it was a big nightmare under this current governor and um, he swore he was going to fix that it's always going to be better so this VOAD organization um, takes over uh, as the primary uh, bridge builder for it. Uh, but they were hit with a financial blow and are now troubling questions about its leadership. In May, the chief financial officer for the organization admitted, admitted that starting in 2020, three years ago, he stole $870,000 from the nonprofit over a two and a half year period. How do you steal that much and go unnoticed for so long? 30-year-old Benjamin Sisko had control over VOAD's finances, transferring money from debit cards to his personal account, buying gift cards, and obtaining improper mileage reimbursements. He was sentenced to be scheduled last week, but his case was reassigned to a different judge, and a new date is now set for November. Uh, and it also implicates um, a large, long-time executive director, Jenny Ganaway. Sources have provided eyewitness news with documents, text messages, recordings, and receipts indicating VOAD's financial troubles continue. The allegations center largely on longtime executive director, Jenny Ganaway. Ganaway was placed on leave by BOAD's board in August of 2022 after allegations about possible misconduct were raised. Following an investigation, she was reinstated by the board of directors in early September 2022. And then just days later, a letter from Charleston attorney Scott Evans on behalf of the nonprofit's employee Tyler Hager sent to BOAD counsel Gabriel Wool with Bowles Rice, which is a law firm. And reiterated, reiterated some of the accusations. Um, both Ganaway and Boad Board Chairman Kim Chair Kim Tiemann, T or Tiemann, T I E M A N, strongly deny any wrongdoing beyond Cisco's embezzlement. But this story goes on to quote from text messages and things that they had that the the news uh, outlet has reportedly gotten that seem to imply or seem to show that this um, um, Ganaway uh, received goods that were intended for disaster um, victims 
uh, and took them to her home in Virginia, which is crossing state lines with it. Um, as, as, uh, referenced, uh, uh, in reference to a seven-piece outdoor patio set, which had been donated uh, from Lowe's Corporation to the or to Boad, uh, supposedly uh, there's a text message that has Ganaway saying, "Put one of those on the trailer." Someone saying, "Okay, I'll do that." I need ten flower pots and six ottomans. Okay, I'll get that, and you're all packed up and ready to go. The items Hager was told Hager is the one that was uh, getting uh, being instructed to do it. Uh, told to deliver included 10 flower pots valued at $799.80. $79 flower pots. Six ottomans valued at $888. Three tables valued at $1,494. Six boxes of chairs valued at $2,388. And three fire pits valued at $2,094. I mean, this is insane. Why, 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 why? This is why people stop giving to organizations. This is why people look cross-eyed at organizations. This is why people don't trust organizations and government agencies because the uh, uh, Rise West Virginia was a government agent, government program to rebuild after following these floods they didn't they didn't do what they were told to do they didn't do what they were given money to do you know it this this is why people don't like to donate this is and these people if found guilty i mean i guess you know even though morning mike even though um you're you're innocent till proven guilty it really looks bad and if this per, if these people are guilty they should do some serious time instead of getting slaps on the wrist. And the people who received this, because the one allegation is that the secretary, executive director, I should say, spread all of this stuff out amongst some of her family. And bless West Virginia's heart, we are always being sucked dry by the vampires. It, it, our... <sighs> You, you, people come in here and take advantage of people all this freaking time, and it absolutely wears me out. I don't know what the answer is, but it absolutely wears me out. That people, why, and people, why do they think that's okay to steal from people? Why do they think it's okay to, to, just, oh, I've got this bank card. I'll just use it. It won't matter. It's not okay. If you don't ask, it's not okay. Oh, my gosh. So, anyway. <laughs> oh, I just I just wanted to share that real quick. I, You know, we, we are a lot of us who are watching this um, broadcast, listening to the podcast, participating in the online communities that we're associated with, try to prepare for disasters. But every now and again, even though you're prepared, you get blindsided. And sometimes you have to ask for help. And it's these kind of organizations that we tend to, you know, we will ask. I mean, if there was a big enough flood, let's say the Bluestone Dam, 
gives way, it could probably take out my house. Now, Bluestone Dam is so far away from here. It would take a long time to get to me. But, um, I mean, like, hours. We would know we'd have time to get ourselves out of here uh, if the Bluestone Dam gives way, if I'm home. <laughs> but that would, there. that's a huge dam, and it, that, I don't even know if it giving way would, would get the water up to my house. But my basement could flood. But let's say, you know, it does and, and I lose everything we have. And at some point I have to rebuild. And these organizations are supposed to be there to help people rebuild. The people running organizations like this are supposed to be, you know, civic minded and trying to help people, not trying to see how much money they can suck out. Makes me mad. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know that's not what you're here for today. Uh, Mike says, oh, she won't mind face purple wide eyes. Face purple and wide eyes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's okay. I'll just, I'll just take all of it. I'll just pay my bills with this money. I mean, the guy pled, the one guy pled guilty. The Cisco guy pled guilty to buying gift cards with the agency funds. I mean, that's money laundering, isn't it? When you steal and you put it here and then you move it over here, isn't isn't that money? Maybe they're trying to practice to go to Washington, D.C. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It wears me out. It wears me out. Well, our preps that we kind of roll into that today, the, the, the uh, five more preps for winter, it's really kind of more than five, but it's kind of five categories. Um, and the, again, these are not earth shaking. These are not secret, you know, uh, finally revealed five preps for winter. <laughs> I, I look at this like, you know, we all come together. We all have uh, things that we do to prepare, whether it's, you know, putting food back or whether it's, you know, saving these things over here or having emergency equipment and, you know, putting things in a car uh, just for emergencies. And and no one fits everybody because, for instance, uh, Mike is is in the Philippines, Philippine nomads. He's not going to deal with four inches of snow like I might have to. So everybody's just a little bit different. Uh, he's more likely to have to worry about a hurricane or a, or a tsunami or uh, what do they call them over there in the Pacific? Is it cyclone? They call them cyclone over there, I think. They don't call them hurricanes usually. Although they did call the one here the other day that went across Acapulco. They were calling that a hurricane. And I thought, and I looked at Mr. Holstein and I said, I didn't think the ones that were in the Pacific Ocean were hurricanes. I thought they were cyclones or something. So, um. I might be wrong, but that's what I was thinking. But these are just, you know, a few things here or there to jog your memory, to help uh, help you think of things that you might need to get get done, or for those people who every now and again uh, are just getting started with their preps, you know. Maybe they've never done it before. Maybe they're just learning about it because there's always new people coming in. It, to any or any any way of life, whether it's prepping, whether it's uh, Bitcoin, whether it's 
home buying, whether it's apartment buying, whether it's auto buying. I mean, it just, it can be anything. There's always new people coming in and we have to remember that. We can't always just assume that everybody's on the same page that we are. So these are not necessarily for the SHTF or the hits the fan situations. <laughs> these are more everyday emergency kind of things. Um, and there are so many other places that can do the SHTF stuff better than I can. And um, I don't want to, I'm not trying to be them, but just for the average everyday person who's trying to do with what they have, you know, who probably does, don't have the money to just go out and buy all this stuff. We'll talk a few things here this morning about um, things that we can do. Excuse me for that. First, medication. I'm not going to get into a lot of uh, make sure you have aspirin, make sure you have Tylenol, make sure you have Motrin, make sure you have um, decongestants and things like that. What I'm talking about here is specifically refrigeration for your medication. There are some medications that once opened need to be refrigerated or always have to be refrigerated. In some cases, some of your diabetic uh, insulins have to be refrigerated. Some of them don't have to be until they're used or opened, exposed to air. You take that first syringe out of there. Um, but there are medications that need to be refrigerated and you need to have a plan for that. There are some companies that offer um, a little kit, a little packet. It's just um, a little thing you put in a freezer and it, it has that gel in it that freezes. And then you can put your medication in that and keep it cool. Or you put that in the refrigerator to keep it cool. And that's always good to have on hand. They're, you know, maybe for travel. They have them for travel that you want to have one or two socked away somewhere in case your power goes out long enough that your refrigeration goes. You know, usually a refrigerator or a freezer is good for you know, 28, 48 hours without opening the door. But if this is a medication, you're going to have to open that door. So if you have a way of keeping that medication cool outside of the refrigerator, so you're not constantly opening the refrigerator, consider that or start thinking of ways or scheming ways. You don't, it doesn't have to be a store-bought option. You know, you can create an insulated box, you know, and put ice cubes in a, in a, in a Ziploc or a couple of Ziplocs in case the first one leaks and put in there with your medication. You can get an old school cooler. You can get an insulated lunch box or lunch bag. Um, I have a couple of those that you put them in a refrigerator and the gel in them cools, you know, and then you pack your lunch and then your lunch stays cool until it's time to eat it. It doesn't last forever, but uh, that's something that, uh, that you need to, to, to think about. And um, maybe you don't need it right now, but maybe it's something you could possibly in the future. And so you just have the idea there. What, how, if I needed to refrigerate a medication that, um, that once opened, you know, needed refrigeration, how would I do that if it powers out for an extended period of time following a storm or something? Or if I have to leave the community, let's say there's an evacuation here. Canada just had those floods or fires. You know, I don't, they might still be some of those burning. I haven't heard a report on them for a long time, but, um, you know, people had to evacuate. So you, you, you know, think this through. Maybe your pet has medication that needs to be refrigerated. So that's something to think about. 
carbon monoxide detectors with battery backups. Carbon monoxide is odorless, it's, it's, uh, it's colorless, and it's a heavy gas. And what ends up happening is people who struggle to heat their house or their apartment sometimes will turn around and use their cook stove to do that, which is a big no-no because of the amount of carbon monoxide that's put out. If you, and I'm not telling you to do it because it's really not a good thing to do, but if you find yourself doing that, you really need a good carbon monoxide uh, detector with battery backups. I have some of the detectors with that you plug in a wall. I have them on uh, on the um, the lower outlets in the wall, in the guest room, and one in the dining room. <clears throat> Chances are the carbon monoxide issue is going to be here in the basement. But I have those just in case. You can get smoke alarms that have a carbon monoxide detector in them. They're kind of steep sometimes. But, you know, you do have that battery backup in case the power goes out. Or if they're battery power powered altogether, mine are 9 volt battery powered. I'll be checking mine um, when it's at the uh, uh, winter equinox. I'll swap my batteries out, you know, and in my detector, I swap the 21st of December, I think it is. I'll swap those out and um, make sure I have fresh batteries in those. But carbon monoxide is something we don't think about often. You can get space heaters and sometimes people get older space heaters that may have an issue with carbon monoxide. Some space heaters shut off. Um, my dad had one that uh, would kick off every now and again. And I'm like, dad, does it have an a, a carbon monoxide sent a sensor he said well yeah it might i said maybe you have it too close to something so the carbon monoxide is building up the, you know and that's what's kicking it off and as soon as he ventilated it better it quit kicking off but it was also a warning hey this thing's putting off some carbon monoxide you need to pay attention make sure that you're that uh, there's some some air circulating in your place and that brings me down to weatherproofing and this one gets kind of long and not really long. I got four different things under weatherproofing, um, which takes us kind of over the five in the list. But it's all kind of under the, the, the broader category of weatherproofing your home. Um, one thing that folks around here do frequently is in the winter, they get either the, the kits that you purchase to, to put plastic over your windows in the wintertime in case you have drafty windows or they get, you know, clear plastic and they put it up themselves. And it's, you know, older homes with older windows that aren't really tightly sealed will have drafts. And if you don't already know whether your windows have a draft or not, you can watch to see if your curtains flutter when there's a big windstorm. Or you can uh, put, yeah, it's, <laughs> want to be careful with this one, put a candle, you know, close to the window and uh, see if if there's a draft coming off, if the if the candle flickers, you know, like there's air moving. Of course, if you have a ceiling fan, turn it off first. But if you know that you have drafty windows, you want to cover those up. If you are in a rental, check with your landlord about insulating your uh, about doing this. And if your landlord gives you that crooked eye, like don't be tacking stuff and taping stuff up to those windows. 
check the edges of the window panes and see if there's enough, uh, or not the panes, but the, the uh, casement on the windows on the inside and see if there's enough space to fasten the plastic there instead of tacking it to the front facing part of your window so that it's not noticeable and maybe your, your landlord probably won't get upset about that if you have to do it. Um, also check with your landlord about insulating your water pipes and the attic if you have an attic. Uh, water pipes, you, you, you do, your landlord doesn't want them to burst obviously. You don't want to have to pay a lot of money to run that water to let it drip or, or stream when it's cold. Now there are cases when it's really, you know, below zero where even with their insulated pipes, you need to let that water run. We're, we're not talking so much about that. Check with your landlord and ask him if you're the homeowner, check to see if your pipes are insulated uh, and your attic. Think about uh, attic insulation. Is there any in it at all? At this place we're in uh, here at Holstein House, when we first moved in, there was zero insulation in the attic. Zero. And we did get some insulation down. It's not perfect. We need more up there, but it's it's just a nightmare to get in and out of the attic because the window, honestly, I couldn't squeeze my wide self through that hole. I can't get in it. So it's a problem to get in the attic. Um, people were much skinnier back when this house was built. <laughs> if you have a uh, uh, draft at your doors, at your outside doors, or even, even your inside doors, because um, with air conditioning and HVAC, the return, sometimes they use the shorter doors so that the air can flow and return better and circulate better that way. Uh, consider getting some of those dampers. You can get the ones that fit on both sides. I don't like those. I mean, I like the idea of them, but they don't fit my door good so that it doesn't close good for the outside door. Um, they're kind of like a big long tube with um, cotton or something in it. And sometimes they'll, there'll be two of them connected and you slide it up each side of the door so that it, it scrubs the floor and, and closes. Uh, you can make those yourself. I mean, you, you can just scrunch up a rug for that matter up against the base, base part of your door um, to keep the draft out. You could take a pool noodle, you know, and, uh, and, and, set it up against the door or you could you could you know take some fabric and, and cover it with fabric to make it look cute you know but the idea is to keep to block that draft to keep that air out uh oh i talked about the windows or you can buy lined curtains you can even get them at the lower cost stores like your big lots and and walmarts and stuff where they have a lining on the back of the drapes or curtains uh, sometimes they're for light to keep the light out but even those would work to help keep that draft down off those windows or you can make them you know get you could you could take uh regular curtains that you got somewhere goodwill thrift store or even at the dollar store i don't know if the dollar store dollar general would have them i don't think dollar tree would have them. um and heck you could even you could even um hot glue a, a panel to the back side of those any kind of fabric to help make it thicker to help keep that cold air from coming in and the idea is to keep the house warmer using less 
uh, resources to keep your, you know, your utility bills down. The fourth thing I just kind of want to touch on is a weather radio with a battery backup. Um, we, we've gotten to where we really depend on our cell phones more for this kind of stuff. But I'm telling you, an old school weather ra radio that you can turn on and use a battery is your best friend during an emergency because your cell towers may go down as well. Your cell service could go down as well. When we had the derecho come through, people, it, it, it caused problems with the cell towers. Uh, if you were using a satellite setup, you could do that. But if you were dependent on the cell towers, the derecho just tore up some of those cell towers. And it, it, it was people couldn't get signal back and forth and you couldn't hardly use your phone. So um, an old school weather radio with backup is one of the one of your better friends as well. And then the last thing we're just going to talk about is a freezer thermometer. And you think, good grief, why do I need a freezer thermometer? Well, because if your refrigerator, and it, it could be a refrigerator freezer, it doesn't matter. Um, if your refrigerator temperature gets above 40 degrees, you're dancing with uh, bacteria growth and potential food poisoning. Your refrigerator needs to be around 40 degrees or below. Your freezer obviously needs to be below freezing, and the further down, the better. If it starts creeping up above 32 degrees Fahrenheit, then you're starting, your food is starting to slowly thaw. Uh, there is a trick where you can take a, 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 a glass or a cup or something and fill it with water and freeze it and put a quarter or a nickel or some kind of coin on it. And then if you peep in, which you're not supposed to be opening your refrigerator freezer anyway, if you peep in and if that thing has sunk any at all, that, that uh, freezer has gotten warm enough to it's starting to defrost it's starting to thaw and your food is starting to be in danger of um of being spoiled so it's important to pay attention to those temperatures and a good freezer thermometer and you could get one that i mean you could get one that's um uh that will use your cell signal and an app but if your power's out are you going to be able to get that signal? Are you going to be able to keep your phone charged? You know, how much, how much resources are you using to know what's going on there? But a good freezer and refrigerator thermometer will help you in any way. I mean, even if it's not a case of um, natural disaster, if your freezer is going out, if your refrigerator is going out, because your refrigerator pulls the cold air from the freezer side. All the cold air, all, all of that is going into the freezer side. And then you'll notice there's like a little vent and it's, it pulls that cold air to the refrigerator side. If that refrigerator is starting to go out, you need to get your food into place that's safe. I had a refrigerator go out only one time. I noticed it was warmer in there and I had, I keep a refrigerator thermometer in and I got a hold of Mr. Holstein. And I said, this, this, the temperature in here is kind of odd. Well, that particular refrigerator needed the coils vacuumed off because dust and cat hair and stuff had built up on the coils on the back of the refrigerator. I cleared that off. It, it worked a lot better and it lasted, I don't know, another year or so. The one we've got now, I can't get to the coils to clean it. So if it goes out, I don't know how I get to the coils to clean it. Or even if it can be fixed, it may not be able to fix. But that's that will help you also know, keep an eye on your food and help you know if um, if your temperatures are off.
So Mike says hurricanes in central eastern Pacific and Gulf of Mexico, typhoon cyclones out in the western Pacific and Asia towards Africa. Oh, see, I did. I just thought it was all of um, the Pacific. I ne- I don't think I. Well, maybe I just never paid attention, but I swear I thought it. Um, and he also says way back, remember my cousin's band died of carbon monoxide poisoning fell asleep in his car on a cold night heater full blast windows closed yeah we we think we don't you just don't think that you just don't think that um we think that the only carbon monoxide that's going to get in your car is if you're if you got the windows down you're running it in a closed um garage intentionally trying to take your own life but that's not true because your car is not so sealed I mean, I have a nose that I can, I can smell stuff. I mean, it's just, it's, it's a curse sometimes. And I can smell fumes. I can pick up on fumes. Mr. Holstein, I'll be gagging and like, I can't, you've got to turn, because you have an option to recirculate the cabin air in the vehicles nowadays. And we'll pick up, he'll be at a red light or something. And those fumes from the other vehicle start seeping in the car because you're just sitting there and it's pulling it in. And I'm like, I can't, how do you stand this? It's making me sick, you know? And he's like, I don't smell anything. And it's, it's automobile fumes. So we, you know, hit the recirculation and, and that quits that. You don't have it so much with your windows down, but how many of us drive with our windows down normally anymore? Most of the time we've got the air conditioning on in the car or the heat on in the car. But yeah, you don't think about uh, carbon monoxide poisoning a lot because you don't, you don't smell it, you don't see it. Uh, and so many of us now have central heat and air that's more modern that it's not an issue. Um, a lot like a little electric heaters and stuff will also put off some carbon monoxide. So it's, it's dangerous. This is the time of year when I've already started seeing a lot of house fires that are coming back to heaters being plugged into extension cords, for example. Extension cords aren't designed to run heaters. The heat, the the pull from an, ex, I can't explain all of the elect, electrics about it, but the the power that a, a an electric heater pulls from your outlet and your wall is will overwhelm and cause a fire with an extension cord. And people do that. Or they'll have it too close to some furniture and something will heat to the point where it catches fire uh, or somebody or even a dog for that matter might bump something and it falls in front of these heaters and it catches fire this is the time of year when those things start happening because we don't pay close enough attention we just know we're chilly we need to start the heater um, and we need to we also need to be wary of turning our heat down too low in an attempt to save money uh, to keep our utilities down because our bills are sky high. Utility costs are sky high everywhere. And um, we tend to lower our thermostats. Well, there comes a point at a certain at a certain age <laughs> where you really need the heat uh, that you you can't really function well in cooler weather. And I really I want it, I need to look that back up. I don't know if I can find it while I'm on here. Um, let me see if I can find it real, uh, real quick. I looked it up, um, one time before, 
I don't know which of these is newer. When hypothermia kicks in. I gotta watch my time. Um, I hate to do this, but I've had a couple phone calls here. I think it's the guy from the cable company on my dad. So, uh, you uh, people who are sick may have special problems keeping warm. And this is also talking about seniors. Uh, don't let it get too cold inside and dress warmly. Even if you keep your temperature between 60 and 65, your home or apartment may not be warm enough to keep you safe. This is a special problem if you live alone because there is no one else to feel the chilliness of the house or notice you are having symptoms of hypothermia. Keep your house between 68 and 70. If you're trying to save on electric bills, close off rooms that you're not using. And Mike says, watch out for the dry tree next to that radiator or furnace. Yeah, we bring in your Christmas trees and stuff. <laughs> watch out for it. So um, I'm going to let it go there, guys. I'm right in an hour. I see that the guy from the cable place has tried to call me while we've been on here. And um, I need to get back and make sure he shows up over at my dad's. So I'm going to, um, let's see, it was about 15 minutes ago. Shoot. So he's probably on his way or may already be over there. I'm going to call it for that today. And I want to thank you very much for being here. We'll follow up again here pretty soon. Um, and uh, we'll we'll finish up with this talk a little later. Thanks for joining me. It's really been fun. We'll talk to you again later. Bye-bye. So there you have it. Post your comments, do all that boosting, liking, sharing, thumbs up, and stuff that helps spread the word and poke the algorithms. Follow me on most of the big social media platforms and look for my name, Robin Holstein, or Holstein House. Till next time, bye-bye.